I like the way you teach it. Not preachy. I like to listen up. Listen up, yeah. I like the way you teach it. Not preachy. I like to listen up. Listen up. I like the way you teach it. Not preachy. I like to listen up. I like the way you teach it. Not preachy. You better listen up. I want to welcome you in to episode number six, another episode of Not Too Preachy, where you can be inspired, informed, comforted, and convicted, all from the Word of God, just Not Too Preachy. I'm here again. I'm your host, JB. Jason Brown is my name, and this is going to be me tonight. Um, there will be other guests that are coming. I know uh, my wife, Deadrian, blew it out the box. Then my friend Phoenix Johnson came in and blew it out the box last week. Um, we're not going to do that every time, but I want to make sure that you are, uh, are getting a good dose of other personalities that I enjoy being around. Let's go ahead and get into a couple of shout-outs. There are not a whole lot tonight, um, but shout-outs to all the April babies, particularly those who would fall under the Taurus Zodiac sign. I don't read the horoscope or do the Zodiac, but I do know that based on the Zodiac, I am a Taurus. Uh, so shout out to all the, the, the Tauruses in the house. Uh, shout out to two particular ones uh, who are very good longtime friends of mine. My friend uh, over in Oakland, California, Denisa. Uh, she's uh, hailing from St. Louis, but I call her Lil G. Uh, G is for gangster. Uh, but now it's just good because we've grown up a little bit. But happy 44th to you, G, or 43. I'm not sure. I'm not, are we the same agent? I don't know. Uh, happy birthday to another longtime friend, um, loyal friend, always been around, good person all the way around, uh, Bridget Wilkins. Uh, she hit Acres Homes today. That's 44. Um, and so uh, she always brags that no matter what, that I'm older than her, and that's okay. Uh, but today, as of right now, we're going to be the same age for 365 days. But happy birthday to you. And if I missed any birthdays, uh, happy birthday to you all as well. I'm enjoying watching all of the birthday parades. Uh, my boy Tim, his baby son, had a birthday yesterday, I believe, and they had the birthday parade. And then a close friend of ours, Dr. Bilton, um, she's in her 80s, I believe, and she had a birthday parade. So I love the fact that we are being so creative uh, with the social distancing and the space to celebrate people. Um, and, of course, my nephew Jordan, he had a, a birthday, and we did the drive-by parade for Jordan as well. So... A happy birthday to all you April babies, particularly Tauruses. I want to apologize ahead of time. I have a son sitting right here next to me who's blowing bubbles. And um, I'm enjoying that. But not really. Um, shout outs to all of the DIYers. Yeah, DIY is short for do-it-yourself. Particularly the do-it-yourselfers as it relates to haircuts and uh, beautician and cosmetology work. I'm shouting out to you. You are indeed a brave soul. I tried it myself. I hit the taper a little bit on the side, even tried to manicure my beard, and I tried to do the taper on the back, but um, Dre would tell you, as my old roommate and my other roommate, Sekou, would tell you that 
Uh, that type of thing just wasn't mine. It was either ball phase, you get it even all around, but don't come to me. I can get you a good edge up and save, <laughs> and save that that average haircut. But I tried it myself. I didn't touch anything else but the, the taper right here on the temple. Uh, but all of you that are out there trying, I saw my boy Benny Morant. He cut his own hair to find out that um, he's starting to lose <laughs> at the top. I think he knew, but he really confirmed it when he started to cut it. For those of you out there doing your own washes and rinses, uh, you may be trying to, you know, remember how you did the perm, put the Vaseline on your edges so you don't burn your face off. Or, you know, if you're old school, you're out there with a little lime, potato skins, hitting your conkaline or, or whatever it is. Some people putting in their own braids, taking their own braids out. Or uh, some people just wash and go. Or just do uh, like uh, the person that I love the most, my wife, like she just walks around in a hat um, and then just braid the sides. You know, but shout out to all you who are out there doing this on your own. Do it yourself, hairstylists and barbers. Bringing those old skills back when you used to do it in the dorm room or in your garage in whatever hood you're from. Shout out to you, you brave soul. Uh, I told my son that I was playing in my hair, and if I messed it up, then I would just simply cut it all off and start over. That's that's how I learned how to cut my own hair. I am. Vexed. You, you may have this in common with me right now because a lot of us are working from home who don't normally work from home, right? And so you open up your computer or you, or you get on your, your device or whatever you use or you get on your desktop and you have to log in to a particular meeting, whether you're doing it on Teams or you're doing it on Zoom or you may be doing a Google Meet. I've used all three uh, for different meetings and for different purposes and you're in there and you're listening kinda you got it on mute and if you like me you probably got the camera off just in case you got to go to the restroom or, or or the meeting that they're talking about don't have nothing to do with what we're doing so you're just there because you have to be present and then you actually type present in the comments so they know that you're actually present Right, very, very irritating time, but we're in these meetings. Some of us have two and three and four meetings. Some of, have, some of us have to be logged in uh, the entire time or whatever, but you're in these meetings, and then they'll call your name, and you have to say something. You got to turn your camera on, and then, of course, you know, you probably got a shirt on top, and then you got pajamas on the bottom or whatever, um, you know, front, and everybody's doing that. You know, you got, you know, raggedy shorts with a hole in them or, you, or, or whatever you're wearing, but the, the top and the bottom don't match. Um, but you're in this meeting, you got your headphones in, and you're locked in, you're logged in, you're paying attention, you might be taking notes, and then out of nowhere, for no apparent reason, your children get involved. They come and they just stand in the camera, looking, waiting, mommy, daddy, 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 I'm in a meeting, I'm in a meeting. That's not a meeting. You don't see all these people on my screen? I'm in a meeting. You're not paying attention. I don't need you to say that I'm not paying attention. That's not their business, but I'm in a meeting. Can you, can you, I need some help. I need, I need, can I go ride on? I'm in a meeting. I'm at work. I'm in a meeting. And the thing about this is you would think it would change because they hadn't messed with me all day long. They've been in their rooms doing their work or doing their creative time or learning their new skill or doing whatever's on their schedule, and as soon as I log in, 9.30, 11 o'clock, 1.30, 2 o'clock, 
then they come popping in, crawling behind my chair or under the table or standing behind me or standing on the side just looking at me while I'm paying attention or engaged in a conversation about some high-level uh, school information and counseling, making sure these kids get scheduled, and you just stand there looking at me, waiting for me to respond when I got to turn to turn to you and say, I'm in a meeting, or then put my mic on mute and say, hold on, guys, I'll be right back. Or you forget to put it on mute and you get to fussing at your kids and then all your coworkers hear about it. I, 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 think that, I, I would think that wouldn't happen, uh, but I shouldn't be shocked, right? And, and neither should you because they did it when we were just talking on the phone. So you pick up the phone, hello, and you're engaged in a whole conversation. And then out of nowhere, they had to mess with you for the last 20 minutes. And as soon as you pick up the phone, as soon as you pick up the phone, they come saying, hey, and this whole, they don't even say excuse me. They just start a conversation and just start talking, blah, 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 blah. And you are really in a conversation. I was on a Zoom chat with my buddies just having a good time. They had messed with me all night. And as soon as I step outside to have my time with my boys, out pops a little head named Jeremiah getting in my bed. What? Come on, man. Probably just trying to check on you. You just trying to check on me? Yeah. But you knew where I was. I didn't go. You never know. I never know. Ain't nobody going to come take You don't know these people in this world. I, I know these people on my porch. They not coming. You understand why that... <laughs> It's irritating. Why can't you just go away when I say I'm in a meeting? You don't do that to your mama. But you do it to me. Maybe, maybe that's a real thing. But all that to be said, because I, I don't want to just hop on that, but just know that if, if, that, if that happens to you, um, even if it's your dog that's barking, whatever, it don't happen until you get into your online meeting or get on the phone. I get it. And you have my permission to be vexed because I am vexed. Whew. So glad I got that out of my system. Acts chapter 2. Can we talk about that for a second? I, I, I got a question for you, though, before we get into it. Got a question. You ever caught the Holy Ghost? Like, I've been in church my entire life. I am a church boy, a quintessential church boy. Dad is a deacon. Mom was a deaconess. Yo, church on Sunday morning, Sunday school, then church at night. Then between the, sun, the, 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 11, the 1045 service and the 630 service, and you got BTU. That's Baptist Training Union for you young folks that don't know nothing about that. That's old school church. And that was three, four Sundays out of the month, right? Church boy. And then while we're in church, pastor preaching, singing going on and all that. And then, you know, somebody in the corner get to, you know, shouting. You know, they they oh, thank you, thank you. And then, you know, somebody might take off running. Uh, you know, everybody standing up, waving their hands, you know. And when we were little, we would say, oh, they finna catch the Holy Ghost. And, you know, that one lady get that, get that rock. And, and then before you know it, it go to a rock, to a head knob. And before you know it, you're trying to hold it together and just boom. And started jumping. And then, you you know, if you're a little kid like me, like you watching, like, oh, what's going on? And people say she caught the Holy Ghost. Or, uh, you, know, uh, you know, she might swing a bag and you mess around and get hit. And then people will try and come around and try to keep her. And then somebody hold her down. Somebody grab the glasses. Or, uh, you know, whatever. You know, you ever caught the Holy Ghost? Because I, 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 I remember growing up and, you know, becoming a, a teenager in church. And I could feel the emotion uh, in the moment and the, the excitement. I'm hearing the word. We're singing the song. And there's, there's a feeling that just overcame me. Uh, where I connected with whatever we were, we were singing. Or whatever the preacher was preaching. Even, even now. Uh, where I have these moments, and and you know, kind of grew up and saying hey, you caught the Holy Ghost, and I don't know if you ever, 
Have you ever experienced that? Have you ever caught the Holy Ghost? Because I, I know there are a lot of people uh, that I've talked to um, that, that are Christians and churchgoers and will say, you know, it don't take all of that or I've never had that feeling or, you know, I've never really cried in church or I've never just really raised my voice or, you know, shouted or something like that. Uh, you know, you know, some people are in churches where uh, it's kind of prompted where you say, if you, you know, if, 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 if you if you believe what I'm saying, slap your neighbor in the mouth, you know, or, you know, give him a high five or wave your hand, like, you know, that kind of thing, you know. Um, but I, I wonder, uh, because I don't know if I've ever caught the Holy Ghost. Uh, I know I've definitely been excited and moved by the Spirit, but I don't know if I've ever caught the Holy Ghost. And, and, and having that question and then going on this train that we've been on from uh, Palm Sunday all the way through Resurrection and then dealing with the road to Emmaus, I was going to move on, but I thought it'd be appropriate to deal with what happened after, after the ascension of Jesus Christ because after the ascension of Jesus Christ, we have Acts chapter 2, which is the birth of the church, which is the birth of the church, okay? So I'm, I'm going to talk through that a little bit, and then I'll give uh, some, some points, and then we're going to go ahead and get out of here. But if you're in Acts chapter 2, um, let's, let's talk about it. I may read a verse or two, but let's, let's just work through it. Acts chapter 2 is now it is the day of Pentecost. This is a Jewish celebration, the day of Pentecost. And all of the disciples were together in one place, all on one accord. And while they were in this place, in this room, the Bible says suddenly the sound of a violent rushing wind filled the house where they were. And then tongues like fire, the sound like wind, and tongues like fire came into the house, it appeared, and it split up and sat or lighted on the top of the head of each of the apostles that were in the house. Sound of a mighty wind, uh, something like tongues of fire on the top of the apostles' head, and then they began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. That's what the Bible says. They began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, while this is going on, there are, there are Jews from everywhere all gathered in Jerusalem for this Pentecost or the Feast of Weeks is the actual feast that they're coming to celebrate. And they're coming from all over the world and they crowded together because they heard the noise of this wind. And when they drew together and drew near to hear the sound of the wind, they also started to hear these apostles speaking in their native language. And when you read down in the text, you'll see that they were, they were from all these different uh, places, Parthians, Medes, uh, Elamites, uh, from Mesopotamia, from Cappadocia, from Pontus, from Asia, from Libya, from Cyrene, from Egypt. People, Jews from all over this place that spoke different languages began to hear these men from Galilee speak in their native language. That's what they began to hear. And so they're like, aren't these men from Galilee? Like, how is it that we can hear what they're saying in our language. What did they hear? Well, they heard the apostles speaking about the mighty acts, the mighty deeds of God. And so those were there were kind of conversing about it, and they wondered, what does this mean? And so some of them were wondering what it meant, and others were mocking and saying, oh, these men are full of sweet wine. That's what the Bible calls it. There's a not-too-preachy part. Not just any kind of wine. These men are full of sweet wine. Uh, in other words, they're drunk. And Peter replied and said, uh, nah, they're not drunk. <laughs> Watch this. Here's a not-too-preachy part. They're not drunk. 
It's just the third hour of the day. But what does that mean? It's 9 o'clock in the morning. It's too early for them to be drunk. <laughs> it's, too, it's too early for them uh, to be drunk. I'm, I'm not going to put any implications there. I'm just going to repeat what the text says. It's just too early for them to be drunk. But what Peter did is he said, this is the fulfillment of the prophecy that you will find in the book of Joel, J-O-E-L, where the prophet, the prophet said that the, the spirit of the Lord will be poured out on all men and men and women would, would prophesy and the children would prophesy. So it's just, it's the fulfillment of prophecy. And then Peter went on to preach Jesus him crucified and resurrected. And as a result of that sermon, the people that were there that were listening to Peter's sermon asked the question, what shall we do? How should we respond to this message? And, and that's about as far as I'm going to go in the text because there are a lot of little things, but I want to pull out um, a couple of big things real quickly uh, for the sake of our conversation tonight, and then we're going to get on out of here. Um, so Pentecost is one of the three major convocations um, that Jews celebrated. Um, one of the, the three are the, the, the celebration of the, of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Um, then you have the, uh, the, the Feast of First Fruits. And then you have Pentecost. The Unleavened Bread, where in that feast you eventually celebrate the Passover. You have the Feast of First Fruits, uh, which happens on the first day of the week. And then you have... Um, the Feast of Pentecost, which is seven weeks from the Feast of First Fruits, so it's about 50 days. That's the word penta, which giving five or 50, so Pentecost is what you get. Three solemn feasts. Look at how this happens. Look at how this happens. Celebrate the Passover as a part of the unleavened bread, and then Jesus crucified. He becomes the Passover lamb. Then, on the third day, he is resurrected from the, from the grave, becoming the first fruits from the dead, celebrating the Feast of First Fruits. And then 50 days from the resurrection, you have the Feast of Weeks. Uh, you have Pentecost. Uh, and, 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 and this was special because each one of these was a convocation. So it was celebrating almost like a Sabbath where men had to present themselves at the temple and there was no work uh, to be done. And in the Feast of Weeks, they had to come with a free will offering, uh, normally of grain from the uh, first part of the harvest uh, to offer at the temple. Now, uh, what, what does all that have to do? So what, Jason? Um, well, let me, let me tell you something. The Pentecost is not a new celebration, but a new thing happened. You hear that? Pentecost was not a new celebration. They've been celebrating Pentecost since God instituted it. But at this particular Pentecost, something new happened. I, I want you to see that the Lord has impeccable timing. Jesus, the Passover lamb, during the celebration of unleavened bread, the Passover. Jesus resurrected from the grave, the first fruits from the dead. Then 50 days after his ascension, you have the Feast of Weeks where you have the fulfillment of uh, Jesus' promise and Joel's prophecy uh, that the Holy Spirit had fully come. Well, what is that? What, what, where is a big lesson there? Can I tell you something? God is always on time at the right time. And so where you may be looking for particular things to happen in a certain way, in a certain place, or at a certain day or a certain time, you know, in 10 days, you're going to get 10 blessings from 10 people. It doesn't always happen like that. But when God does something, when he moves, it is always on time at the right time. And so there's no mistaking why this particular thing happened, why the fulfillment of prophecy of the Holy Spirit coming happened 
on the Feast of Weeks. And I'm going I'm to I'm bring that particular thing, I'm going to tie it up uh, toward the end. Uh, let's, let's look at what else happened. Then you have um, uh, similes in here. The sound like a mighty rushing wind. Or it was like fire. And so uh, what we have here is a description that the author gives us uh, of how we can visualize what is seen and what is heard. This, this wind that came in, the root word in the Greek, I don't want to be too fancy because I didn't take my Greek like Trey Thomas did uh, or, or, or like Lawrence Scott did or like Damon Wilkins did but, uh, or like uh, uh, Pierre Cannings did. But, you know, there's some resources out there. But it's kind of like, the root word is kind of like breath. So it's almost like God is just blew into that room. And now we're ushering in uh, the, the, the presence of the Holy Spirit. All right? And then you have what they can see, which are tongues like fire, like fire. Not actual fire, but it kind of look like fire. Okay? And so we have uh, supernatural uh, occurrences going on. Uh, in this place. Now, uh, 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 when the Lord shows up, there's no mistaking it. There's no mistaking that it's him when he does it because it may happen in nature, but the, when he shows up, things tend to happen in a supernatural way. This, it just can't, it can't be explained. And the, the, wind, the, 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 the wind was so furious that it drew uh, the crowd to find out what was going on. Watch this. Not everybody saw uh, the tongues are uh, like fire. But everybody heard the wind. And when they heard it, that drew them to come and hear what was being said. So not everybody saw, but everybody heard. <clears throat> it is something special when disciples are gathered together in one place on one accord on fire. That draws other people, draws onlookers, because it's it's an, it's an, it's it's something amazing going on. Uh, I can hear my old pastor Terry Anderson saying that when the church is set on fire, then people from everywhere will come by to watch it burn. Can, can you imagine what that would look like if the church of disciples were on fire? with the Holy Ghost like that. And people will come from everywhere. They may not see the fire, but they'll hear what's going on. They'll hear the wind, and then they'll hear what's being said. Now, here's a question. What did they hear? What did they hear? And I talked about that a little bit earlier, is that these people that were there actually heard the mighty deeds of God in their own language. What was being said was clearly understood. It was in language that they under, and so the Egyptians could hear it in, in the Egyptian language, and the Parthians could hear it in their language, and the Medes could hear it in their language, and the, uh, the Cyrenians could hear it in their language, and then those that were there that were Hebrews and still spoke uh, Hebrew could hear it in their language. What they were hearing was not something that was unrecognizable, but they could hear it in their own language, and they were hearing the disciples testify of the mighty deeds and the mighty works of God. Can I say something to you real quickly? Because I don't, I, don't, I don't want to take a tangent, but I, I want you all to hear this because this is the big point in this area. Is that when we testify, I think it is important for our testimony to be one, Holy Spirit driven. When it's Holy Spirit driven, then the Holy Spirit becomes the translator for whomever we're testifying to when we're talking about God. Uh, for example, 
I can't speak to a four-year-old about the mighty works of God like I would talk to somebody who's sitting next to me in the seminary uh, in a seminary class. So if I if I talk to uh, a seminarian, uh, we would talk about um, dispensation. We would talk about amillennialists and postmillennialists. Uh, we would we would talk about the Book of Revelation in great detail, and there, there may be a lot of fancy words. We'll talk about uh, free will um, versus God's sovereignty, and and, and these heavy topics. Um, but when I'm talking to a four-year-old, I'm not speaking in that kind of language because if it's Holy Spirit driven, I'll speak in a way that they can understand it. And when you're talking about God's work, then we depend, then we depend on the Holy Spirit to do the translation. And so sometimes uh, we'll, we'll get around in these circles and we throw out big words and this big stuff. And we're talking to people that don't understand a thing that we're saying. It may not be Holy Spirit driven, but when the Holy Spirit involved, then the Holy Spirit becomes the great <laughs> translator. Y'all see this? I know y'all don't see this, but I see it. Y'all see it. But, but, but that's what the Holy Spirit does. When we prepare ourselves in God's word or when we're on one accord with other disciples and we have the opportunity to give a testimony about the deeds of God and what he's done, the natural and supernatural things that he's done in our lives and that we've seen him do in other people's lives, it makes sense to speak the language of the people that we're talking to. You will see Jesus when he's talking uh, to Pharisees, he's talking law. Uh, but when he's talking to other people, he may be talking about agricultural things. Uh, Paul talks a lot about agricultural stuff because they're in an agrarian society. So he talks about sowing and reaping and those kind of things, a language that people understand. And I don't always think that it's about uh, having caught the Holy Ghost like, like he's a cold or like he's coronavirus. The Holy Ghost is a person. It's not something you catch. It's something that takes over you, right? And so when we're talking to people and, and we're giving our testimony uh, and, and, and it's Holy Spirit filled, then it's for their benefit, for the glory of God. And, 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 and making sure that what we're saying is in the language that the people that are hearing can understand. And, and what's the response to a Holy Ghost-empowered movement? It's one of two things. Either people will think you're crazy, like they said, these men must be drunk, or those that need to hear, the ears that have been prepared to hear, will respond to the gospel with this question. What shall we do? Now see, here's the, how we string this pearl. The Feast of Weeks is a celebration of the harvest, the first harvest. And guess what happened at the birth of the church? There was a great harvest of souls. When you finish reading Acts chapter 1 at the end of Peter's sermon, it will say, and it does say, that 3,000 souls were added that day. And if we want that kind of Holy Spirit-empowered uh, if we want that kind of movement or that kind of uh, growth in the body for the kingdom's sake, then we can only do it with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. He becomes our great translator. He empowers us to speak to people in language that they understand for the glory of God. So what, what can we do? Is there anything? I want to issue a challenge tonight. I don't think I've really done that before. But let me issue a challenge tonight before, before we get off. I, I believe special things happen when disciples are obedient and on one accord. Remember in Acts chapter 1, Jesus said, go and tarry for the Holy Ghost. Go wait and he will come. 
And they did just that. They waited for another 10 days after the ascension of Jesus Christ. And they were together. And when believers are together on one accord, then Jesus promises to be in the midst. The Holy Spirit comes and fills the room and moves and changes the atmosphere and does things that we don't have the power to do. When the Holy Spirit fills a room or fills the place, there might be some noise, but what it definitely will do will do will draw onlookers closer to see now what is going on over there, and I want to be a part of that. I want to hear what's going on. And some people may say you're crazy. Some people will say, what must I do to be saved? What can you do? Get your group of friends together, believers, um, this, people that will call themselves disciples. Talk with them and see what you guys can study or pray about together on one accord. Uh, it could be a book of the Bible or it could be uh, a topic uh, like prayer or something like that. Set a day and a time where you and your friends, your circle of influence, just get together and pray and invite the Holy Spirit to come in and move so that when the opportunity to come, comes to testify or tell of the mighty deeds of God, then the Holy Spirit will already have an ear prepared to hear what it is that you have to say. And when believers and disciples are on one accord, um, the Lord can and will do mighty things. Two words tonight. Nothing fancy, nothing deep. It's two words. On fire. What? On fire. Those are the two words. So as I close, I uh, just want to let you know of a couple of things. Uh, I'm available. I I've never told anybody that. I've, I've never really done that thing. But um, if you're looking for a speaker, youth speaker, motivational speaker, um, trainer on you know, personal growth and those kind of things, JB is available, and all you got to do is hit me up in the messenger or email me or text me if you know how to get in contact with me. But the best way is to do it is just right through Facebook. Or you can go to my website and hit me up, www.4142.com. Those words spelled out, 4142.com. Remember, 40 is spelled F-O-R-T-Y, 4142.com. Um, do me a favor. Make sure you go and subscribe to the podcast, Not Too Preachy. Um, also, make sure that you set notifications here on Facebook so when I go live, uh, Facebook will let you know. Now, next week, we're going to do something a little different. Yeah, please not snort in the video. <laughs> we'll do something a little different. Uh, as I prepare for the next series of teaching, uh, I want to take a little tangent, uh, not a big tangent, but I wanted some not-too-preachy questions. What am I asking you to do? Shoot me a message. And whatever question that you have, uh, whether it be extra serious and deep or something just funny as, you know, who, uh, what song was better, self-destruction or same game. Uh, and I did that poll the other day and uh, self-destruction won on my Instagram and it won on my Facebook. And so the next question I'm going to come up with, well, who had the best verse on self-destruction? Uh, but that's a, that's a topic. And that's worth talking about. And that's cool. And so it can be serious. It can be lighthearted. I won't guarantee that I'll answer every question, but the ones that I'm going to enjoy are the ones that I, that I feel like need some very good discussion. I want to answer. So you can drop them in the comments uh, right there if you're not too ashamed. Or if you know me personally, shoot me a text message and I'll consider the question. Um, or just hit me up in the Facebook Messenger and I'll consider that question as well. And when we get on next week, um, we'll 
attack some of those questions. So that's what we're going to do next week. So tune in, uh, same bat time, same bat channel, um, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time for another episode of Not Too Preachy. Come here, Daddy. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you. And, and watch out for flying cockroaches. They're really feisty. And we're still worrying about cockroaches. Yep. Love you guys. It's like a Peace. pandemic.